so let's go ahead and have prayer for our last music seminar. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the short time of rest that we've had to uh, rejuvenate our minds. And we pray now that you would just teach us uh, something new, that we would be drawn closer to you through this seminar. And as we talk about music and evangelism, Lord, that we would just learn something more of how to reach people for you. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last several classes, we talked about um, several principles having to do with music, um, God's ideal plan for music, the devil's counterfeit for music. Uh, we've seen some of the ways that the devil is trying to deceive God's people in this issue, especially in the end times. On uh, the last class, we talked about music in worship, what type of music is appropriate in the worship service. And this last class is going to be maybe a little bit more practical. And I want to talk about something that's dear to my heart, which is music in evangelism, uh, mainly in public evangelism, but um, I'll talk a little bit more about others as well. But, you know, being in evangelism for so many years, um, even before I was married, I, I worked with several evangelistic meetings as a Bible worker, and now being married to an evangelist, um, I've been able to witness a lot of different aspects and we've seen some things that are good, some things that are not so good and we've learned a lot from other evangelists. And me being a musician, of course, I'm always looking at the music. How can um, we improve the music in an evangelistic series? What type of music can reach the most people? Um, you know, what should it be like? What are people drawn to? What are the biblical principles that we need to follow? And so I really started looking into this and, and praying and, and asking the Lord to help me as a musician to be able to help my husband as a preacher to combine both the sermons and the music together in a powerful way. Because I believe, as I've said to some of you before, that um, you know, there is something about a song that can reach certain people in a way that the spoken word can never do. And so although I never want to diminish or belittle um, the spoken word, that should always be the main focus of any church service or an evangelistic uh, meeting. However, um, God has created music in a beautiful way to be able to coincide with the word of God and that it can be a way of preparing the hearts of those listening um, to soften their hearts, to open them up for the message that um, the Lord wants to present to them. So if you've ever done any type of evangelism, um, You've seen how important the work is that's done in evangelism and the many lives that can be changed through a public evangelistic series. I know my parents were brought to the Lord through a public evangelistic series, so it was very dear to their heart. Um, but instead of talking about all the different aspects of evangelism and, and how we should do an evangelism cycle, these things that we teach at AFCO, I just want to strictly focus today on music. Uh, I want to share some Bible verses, some more Spirit of Prophecy quotes with you on this topic, and to give you some practical ways of choosing appropriate songs uh, and types of music for an evangelistic series. Now, some of you may be thinking, how does this apply to me? How can I use this? But I can pretty much guarantee that most of you will at one time or another be able to at least help out with an evangelistic series, whether one comes to your church whether or not you are a young person working with a group like Youth for Jesus or Bible working, um, you'll be able to use somehow, if not an evangelistic series, in outreach somehow be able to use music. So hopefully this will be helpful to you. Um, there are a lot of evangelists that actually um, don't really think that music is that important in a series. 
Um, I, I've met a lot of evangelists, and they all have their different opinions and the different things that they focus on. And some of them um, really just don't focus on music at all. They just kind of leave it up to the church, and they might have a special music, and, you know, that's not really the focus of it. And, and it works fine. The Lord is still able to bless. But the ones that I've been to where um, the evangelist really takes it seriously, um, for instance, I, I did an evangelistic series with Pastor Brian McMahon, and he takes music very seriously. Uh, he makes sure to get the best music that he can, to find people that are spiritual, that love the Lord, that sing from their heart, and he makes sure to have powerful appeals. All these things we're going to talk about that are an important part of making an, a successful evangelistic meeting. And it's just really powerful to watch how the evangelist can connect more with the people in the audience when they take music seriously, and that's an important aspect of it. So, although music was not originally designed to be just evangelistic. We've talked about the, the reasons it was designed for, but I believe that there's still a, an important place for it. The Spirit of Prophecy has a lot to say about it, so we're going to look at some of those things. And so I want to go through some um, different points regarding this and uh, the importance of music in evangelism. And the first thing I want to look at is that music in evangelism should be simple, good quality, and uplift Jesus. Again, I've emphasized this over and over again. I can't emphasize it enough. It should always uplift Jesus and not the musician. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16 and verse 25. Acts 16:25. And this is a very interesting story we read here. I'm just going to read a short part of it. But this is the story of Paul and Silas when they were placed in prison. And it says in verse 25, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Now you know the rest of the story, right? You remember the story? Um, there was a, a great earthquake, and the jailer was so afraid that every was, everyone was going to escape, and he comes in and everybody's still there, right? And uh, then Paul and Silas ended up winning over the, the jailer to the Lord. But just this one verse, and at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I've never been in a prison, but I've heard stories, I've never been in a jail, heard stories. Um, can you imagine how noisy the jail was probably um, at that time? It was probably pretty noisy, right? People are talking and some people probably complaining, maybe even cursing. And in the midst of all of this, there's these two crazy guys that have been thrown in jail. And what are they doing? They're praying and they're singing praises to God. And what does it say? The prisoners were listening to them. In other words, whatever was going on in that jail, all the talking and the complaining that was going on, all of it ceased. It stopped. And they started to listen to those beautiful songs that Paul and Silas were singing. And, you know, I can imagine there, there had to be something distinctly clear and beautiful about the songs that they were singing. I doubt that everyone stopped because they thought, wow, those guys really have great voices. You know, they, they should really go on the road. They're very talented. I seriously doubt that's why they stopped to listen to them. Um, but there was something different about the songs that they were singing. I imagine that most people in there had never heard anything quite so simple and beautiful in their life. And it was so powerful that I believe it touched them so much that when the earthquake happened, 
That's why they stayed where they were, because they were touched by the words and the songs of these two men that obviously had a relationship with the Lord. To me, this is one of the biggest, um, I guess, stories in the Bible of music being used in evangelism. And you may think, oh, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I don't think so. Paul and Silas were not, they were singing to, to cheer themselves up, yes, but I think even more than that, they were wanting to minister to those around them. And, and it was a huge ministry. Um, however, touching on something again um, that we mentioned in the last class, should we ever use worldly music or music in the world to try and attract people to, let's say, our evangelistic meetings? What type of music were Paul and Silas singing to try and reach to these prisoners, these guys in prison? Praises to God, right? It wasn't the music from the world. They didn't say, hey, let, let's sing some songs that they're familiar with or, or sing in a way that they're familiar with so that we can win these guys to Jesus. No, they just simply sang simple songs to Jesus, praises to God. And so many times we, again, you know, we think we have to use the music of the world to reach the people in the world. But as I said before, people are looking for something different. They want something different in their lives. You know, I, I told you I would share this study with you. There was actually a study done by a Baptist evangelist. This was many, many years ago. Um, he went on a six-month evangelistic crusade across the United States. And uh, he found that before, when he first started out, he, he was using a traditional, more traditional approach to evangelism. He was using more traditional music um, in his appeal songs and whatnot. And he found that um, about 15 to 20% of the people who made public decisions to follow God, people that came forward and altar call, about 15 to 20% of those actually followed through with their decision later on. You know, a lot of times we just see the decision they make there, but we can't follow up and, and see where they are years down the road. But they actually did this study. So 15 to 20% of those people followed through with their decision. So he wanted to find out how successful his meetings would be if he began to feature more popular music that at that time was more like a, a Christian folk rock music that was the really popular. He, was take, he started taking um, this, it was music that they had taken from the world to put Christian words to, this Christian folk rock, and he said, I wanted to start using this. Some of the other guys were, and I wanted to see what the results would be. The results were unbelievable. He found that as they play this type of music, especially in altar calls and appeals, people by the scores would come forward during an invitation to give their lives to God. So he's thinking, whoa, this is, this is really affecting more people. People are just coming up way more than they used to. But as they followed through with this study, they found that less than 1% of those people who went forward ever followed through on their decision. Did you catch that? Less than 1% of those people ever followed through with their decision. When I read that, I was very disturbed by that sound coming from the ceiling. <laughs> but when I read that study, it just blew my mind away. I thought, I, I didn't expect it to be that drastically different. You know, he quickly discovered that although the popular music that was being in the, in the world at that time to reach people in the world, although it did affect people emotionally, and they came forward more than in the traditional type, he also found that that decision that was stimulated by that emotional response quickly faded away. 
a lot of pastors during this time of evangelists, they tried similar experiments and they found the same thing. People would make decisions, their emotions would be aroused, they would be excited by the music, they would go forward, but then as soon as they left, the decision would fade away. So we have to be very careful um, in using the world's music to attract people to our church. Nowhere in the Bible is there a statement that says that the end justifies the means. Um, the teachings of Jesus and the apostles are, are very clear on this, actually. Colossians 3.17, if you want to turn over there, to the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. And it says, And whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. How much does it say to do in the name of the Lord Jesus? All. Regardless of what we think or feel might be helpful. We need to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the second thing I want to look at is that, did you know that there, the Spirit of Prophecy says that there is a special place in evangelism for young people who are musically talented? She has a lot to say about this, the importance of young people being involved in music evangelism. Um, read a, a quote here to you from the Review and Herald. Students who have learned to sing sweet gospel songs with melody and distinctness can do much good as singing evangelists. They will find many opportunities to use the talent that God has given them, carrying melody and sunshine into many lonely places, darkened by sin and sorrow and affliction, singing to those who seldom have church privileges. So she's talking about young people using music as a tool of evangelism, as an outreach opportunity to witness to other people. And you know, this can be done in a, in a lot of different ways. It can be done in people's homes, ministering to shut-ins that aren't able to come to church anymore. I think she's specifically talking about that here. Um, it can be done in an evangelistic series, or it can sometimes, and this may sound strange to you, but sometimes it can even be done door-to-door. -door. Oh, I think that's really weird. We can't do that in America. <laughs> we can't go to someone's door and say, hey, can I sing for you? Um, and probably not like that, but I want to share experience with you. Um, one time I was colportering several years ago, and I, I met this young guy who was actually getting ready to go to um, a, a rock audition, rock music audition. He was wanting to join this band. He was a singer. And so I said, oh, really? I'm a singer, too. I, I really like to sing. And, and I didn't expect this, but the guy said, oh, why don't you sing for me? And I was kind of taken <laughs> back, and I I thought, well, okay, Lord, you want me to sing to this guy? I'll sing to him. So the only song that could come to my head was Amazing Grace. And here's this young punk kid in front of me, this rocker, you know, he's rocking out. He's going to this audition. I thought, oh, Lord, I'm embarrassed. I'm going to sing Amazing Grace to this guy. But that's all I could think of. And I sang it, and I watched this guy as I was singing the song. And his face just melted. It changed, and he softened. And after I was done singing... He like completely forgot about his audition. <laughs> he started talking to me about spiritual things and he ended up buying a book for me. Um, God's answers, he wanted to, to find out his answers to the Bible questions, you know. It's amazing, even at the door, sometimes God gives us opportunities to share through music. I could have tried to preach to that guy all day long and he probably wouldn't have given me the time of day. But because we connected on a thing like music and because he heard something that was so different than what he was used to, 
and yet somehow it drew him to Jesus. He heard this simple, sweet song of the gospel, and it opened his heart. And, and so we need to be looking for ways and opportunities to be reaching out to people through music. Thirdly, evangelistic music should deepen the impression of truth upon believers, or unbelievers, excuse me. So we're, we're told that music can be a means of giving a deeper impression of truths upon hearts of unbelievers. You know, there was a time when the Adventist pioneers were very troubled because they said, um, we need to find more ways to win people to Christ. People are just, they're not coming to the Lord in the thousands like they should be. We need to find more ways. Does it sound familiar to you guys at all? We're still struggling with this in our churches today, but they knew that some people would come to meetings and would be touched by the messages, but they wanted to know how else, what other ways can we reach out to more people and win more people's hearts? It was around this time that Ellen White had a vision, and she relayed this to her, some of her colleagues and friends later on, and it revealed to her one of the ways in which they could spread their boundaries a little bit and reach even more people. And this was very interesting to me. It says, a very grave and dignified man said, you are praying for the Lord to raise up men and women of talent to give themselves to the work. You have talent in your midst which needs to be recognized. I call your attention to the singing talent which should be cultivated. For the human voice and singing is one of God's entrusted talents to be employed to his glory. This talent of voice is a blessing if consecrated to the Lord to serve his cause. So-and-so has talent, but it is not appreciated. Her position should be considered, and her talent will attract the people, and they will hear the message of the truth. You know, me, as a singer, when I, I read this, I thought, wow. You know, this is an angel talking to her, and he's saying, you're looking for all these ways to reach more people. You're looking for God to raise up new people with some great talent that's going to reach people. And he said, you're missing the talent that's in front of your very eyes. There's this woman. There are people in front of you that are consecrated to the Lord, that the Lord has given this gift of song, this gift of music to, and he wants to use them to minister to people through song, through music. And it's interesting because he says, um, it will attract the people and they will hear the message of truth, which to me means that some people, if she didn't sing or someone didn't sing those beautiful songs, that maybe they wouldn't hear the message of truth. Maybe their hearts wouldn't be softened. Their hearts wouldn't be open and receptive to hear the message of truth. So many times we, we look for something new and and it's right in front of us all the time. But we need to cultivate it, and we need to, to refocus and make sure that our priorities are right and that we're focused on it for the right reasons, and that is the purpose of ministry. So I think this is a, a counsel that we need to heed as well as we're looking for more ways to reach people, is to cultivate this gift of music. You know, there, are, um, there have been many times when I've had the privilege of singing for an evangelistic series, and I've seen over and over again this, this point of, music impressing or are giving a deeper impression of truth. Um, many times as the word of God is presented to people, I, I'll watch their faces, you know, as, as Wes is up there and, and he's giving his appeal and, and people are, are really touched and you can hear they're listening. But there's just something special 
about when, as he's giving that appeal, he calls me forward or he calls someone else forward to sing a song that connects with what he's talking about. And I'm not talking about a big emotional you know, song. I'm talking about a sweet, simple song to the Lord. Getting up there, singing a clear message of truth that goes along with his appeal. And I watch the faces of people. And once again, I see that same look on their face. Their faces melt. And you can tell that those thoughts that they've been thinking, now that music of heaven is giving it even a deeper impression in their mind. And it's sealing it for eternity. And that's, that's the difference between going to some of these mega churches that we've talked about and using the big hyped up music to try and draw people and people running forward. They're making that decision simply based on the music many times, on the emotions that they're, that they're having. But when you perfectly combine the word of God with the simple songs of heaven, something powerful happens. And it's unlike anything else. People are changed and people make decisions that are lasting and that seal their minds for eternity. So we may take this lightly, but as I've watched it over and over again, it's not a light thing. And we need to pray that the Lord will make us wise in how to use appropriate music um, in evangelism. Fourthly, and this is something important too, we need to pick appropriate songs for evangelistic topics. Um, when we have an evangelistic meeting, sometimes, and it's not always possible, but many times we have people that just get up and they sing whatever and, and it doesn't really connect with the topic at all and you know, it doesn't always have to perfectly connect with the topic. But if the purpose of a song in evangelism is to give a deeper impression of a truth, then wouldn't it make sense to try and get that song to go along with the truth you're trying to impress upon their minds? And so what I try and do when I'm singing for an evangelistic series is go through the different topics, you know, and see is there a song that I have that would fit with this, that would help um, impress their hearts as they're listening to this. And so I actually want to take some time to just do something practical with you, to do some dialogue. I don't know how this is going to work for the recording, but that's all right. Um, and I want to go through some of the different popular topics in an evangelistic series and see if you guys can think of any songs that you could sing. And maybe you can't sing and you're wondering, you know. But maybe someday you will be in a place, so maybe it's a small place, and you're working with a small little church, and they say, we want to have an evangelistic series. And uh, we need help, though. We, we don't have workers, you know. The, there's a lot of work. The Bible says the laborers are few, right? And they say, um, would you be willing to help with the music for our evangelistic series? And you may say, I am not a musician. That's not my gift. I can't do this. Well, my father is not a musician either. But for some reason, two years ago at camp meeting, he got designated the job of finding song leaders for camp meeting. And he was terrified because he said, this is my wife's talent, not mine. But we all kind of sat back and laughed and said, just because you don't necessarily have a gift or a talent of music doesn't mean God can't use you to help in this area. This happened to me actually when I was, um, I just got done with AFCO and my fi first Bible worker position was in Alaska. And 
which was very cold, by the way. Just want you to know that it was very cold. <laughs> but I thought that I was going to Alaska for four months to simply be a Bible worker, to go knock on doors and invite people to the meetings. And I was in for a very rude awakening. When I got there, I realized that I was to do pre-work for an evangelistic series they were going to have, but that also was a very, very small church, and nobody knew how to do anything, and they basically expected me to do everything for the meetings except for preach. And if I had offered, they probably would have let me do that too. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I find myself having to remember everything that I learned in AFCO, and I'm, I'm really struggling. And one of the things that I had to do was organize music. Well, I think that's easy, you're a musician, but when it comes to evangelism, it's very different. And so I had to really use the, um, the things that I learned at AFCO as far as um, evangelism and how to combine the two. So let's go through some different topics now and see if you guys can come up with some songs that would be appropriate. Um, what about, usually they start off with what? Daniel 2, how to confirm the Bible is true, right? It's usually a good starter. What? What's a good song that would go along with that? Yeah? There's one in the hymnal, 596, I think. It starts out first. Anyways, it's this basically Daniel 2. Yeah, that's right. It goes through the whole medals, doesn't it? Now, that might be, an, I mean, it's an interesting, I don't know that it's necessarily a solo song or a, yeah. you know, it's, it's more of a congregational song. The words are definitely fitting. Um, but, you know, you have to think about both, too, if you're going to have a special music may not work so well, but um, you might could do a little rearranging if you're gifted in that area. <laughs> so, what do you think? I, I don't know if it actually fit with that topic that you just said, but mm -hmm. something that always comes to my mind when I think of series is um, Savior's Waiting. The Savior's Waiting is a good appeal song for many, many nights on an evangelistic series. Because a lot of times their appeal is, Will you accept Jesus? Will you follow him all the way? Um, you know, God is waiting for you to make this choice. Anytime their appeal is like that, yeah. the Savior's waiting is beautiful. Yes, yeah, it's a great, a great appeal song. And we're going to spend some time in just a couple minutes talking more specifically about appeal songs, too. Um, what about the song, The Midnight Cry? You ever heard that song? No? You've heard the song. It's a beautiful song talking about the signs of the second coming and being ready for Jesus' soon return. This is actually perfect for Daniel 2. Um, it's a song I sing quite frequently. You can find someone to play the piano. Um, good tracks are hard to find. They're out there. But um, So the Midnight Cry, there's different, let's see, I'm trying to think um, for Daniel 2, Validity of the Bible. Um, I'd have to have my hymnal in front of me. But I, and I have a big stack of, of music that I've, I've accumulated over the years. Um, so signs, signs of the times kind of goes along with Daniel 2. What about the night of salvation? There's lots of good songs. Softly and tenderly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another topic that that one's good for, softly and tenderly, is um, actually true church. Come home, come home. <laughs> That's a really nice one. Um, salvation, Jesus paid it all. It's a really good appeal song for the night on salvation. Um, and let's see, I'm trying to think. I sing a lot of different um, 
more sacred contemporary type of music to others. Uh, the song I sang here, were Not For Grace, the first song I sang, beautiful one for the night of salvation, talking about what Jesus has done for us and how basically we're nothing without him. Amazing Grace. Amazing grace. Perfect. Exactly. And there's a million and one ways you can sing or play that song. I mean, it's really a versatile song. It's, it's been done many, many ways. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. What about the night on baptism? It might, could be, if you arranged it a little bit. Um, what about creating me a clean heart? Oh, God. Yeah. Cleansing wave. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about standards? <laughs> Some of these get a little tougher, huh? I think, man, what am I sing for standards? But what is the main message when they, they preach the Sermon of Standards? What are they trying to get across? To be like Jesus. That's a great song, great, yeah, that would be perfect. Because that's what it's all about, right? Um, it's simply saying it's not a list of do's and don'ts, but we want to be like Jesus. And these are the things that Jesus is like. Um, to be like Jesus. Perfect. I, there's also a song that I sing called My Father's Heart. Um, that's really good. It's, it's about following him and obeying him and everything. So it takes a little bit of thinking, right? You have to be a little creative, but it's worth it because when you spend the time to think about it and you, you try to connect the song with the, with the topic, it's just more powerful and it causes people to um, make decisions for Jesus. You know, I, as I said before, there's different evangelists with different opinions, some that really are into music, some that aren't. But I can say that um, I'm really grateful that my husband has seen the importance of music and evangelism because it's really made a difference in our ministry. So appeal songs. Let's spend a little time talking about appeal songs. Um, we already discussed the importance of, of finding songs to go along with uh, the topic, but we need to know that it should have the same flow and thought of the message that's just been presented. So here, this, this preacher has just preached this powerful message, right? And he has a certain point that he's trying to drive home with the people. He's trying to get this point across. And he wants people to make a certain type of decision. And so I think I'm falling behind here. Yeah, that's all right. Forget it. <laughs> and, and so we want to be really careful that what we're singing as an appeal song does not take away from the, fl the flow or the thought or the idea that the minister has been trying to portray. So how are some ways we can do this? You know, it's really important for um, the musician to be able to talk with the evangelist beforehand, before they sing, um, before they do their special music. If possible, they need to speak with them and ask them, what is your appeal tonight? What's the general idea? And understand that sometimes the Holy Spirit changes a little bit at the last minute. But as well as we can, we need to be able to, to match our song up with this. Um, this is really, really important, especially in doing appeal songs. The singer should not be showy, and the song selection should be softer than the other special music pieces. Have you ever been to an evangelistic meeting or even an, at a sermon and the preacher or the evangelist has done this beautiful appeal and it's this atmosphere where people are just quiet and solemn and then someone gets up to sing 
And all of a sudden, it's like showtime. <laughs> and they're singing this big song, and they're doing all these long notes and all over the place. And the mood is completely broken. And you know, it's one thing in special music, and we've already talked about being careful with that as well. But in an appeal song, select people or be the person that is not going to be showy, prideful, uh, or performing the song. This is a time where they're not focused on you. All they're hearing is that soft, beautiful music, and they're focusing on what they've just heard, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. It's not a time for them to be entertained by any means. Also, the singer needs to be paying attention to the evangelist and be flexible as the Holy Spirit moves. This is really tough for a lot of musicians. They don't want to be flexible. Um, but sometimes, and this has happened multiple times as Wes is speaking, he thinks he's going to say a certain thing or do something a certain way. And I get up there to sing, and all the whole, sudden the Holy Spirit moves, and he decides he needs to say something in between that first and second verse. And so whoever's playing the piano and whoever's singing needs to be paying attention, and maybe I need to stop and just play for a while while he talks to the people and communicates with them. Um, you've got to be flexible because sometimes the Holy Spirit moves in ways that we're not prepared for, and we need to be ready for that. Um, another question that people sometimes have as far as evangelism goes what about instrumental special musics in an evangelistic series? Now, this is not having, this is not church, this is not, I, I love instrumental music and I think it has its place and it's beautiful and it can draw us closer to heaven. My personal opinion is in an evangelistic series, not always, but the majority of the time, vocal pieces are prefer, preferred over instrumental pieces. And this is, um, this is why actually, because remember the point of the music in an evangelistic series is to deepen that impression upon their hearts. So there needs to be a message portrayed, right? That connects them with the message that they just heard. There may be a time when it's appropriate to have just soft background music playing, but if you want a specific appeal song to connect the thought with the music, it should probably be a vocal. Now, what we love to do is before each night, before the evangelistic meetings start, to have several talented people, like Holda, we would love to have you come and play the violin before the meeting. It just sets the tone, and it really draws people's hearts to Jesus. And as I said, there may be a time when it's appropriate to have it as a special music in the meeting, but the majority of the time it should probably be a vocal selection. So this is important too, the next thing. Use the best talent possible for your evangelistic series. Sometimes that's difficult because there are small churches that don't have a lot of talent. But that's why I said use the best talent possible. So whatever you have possible, use that. Because we don't want any distractions, right? Um, in a church service where you're amongst your own family members, there may be someone who really, really wants to sing, who maybe really, really can't. But they're amongst friends and family, right? And the Lord has really put this on their heart. That's a little bit different um, than in an evangelistic meeting where you have visitors coming from the community. We want to make sure that there are no distractions from what they're there to hear. So if you get someone that stands up and starts belting out off-key notes, it may be a little bit distracting. So we use what we can, but try to use the best talent possible that you have. Um, and, and even more importantly than that, try to select people or once again be the person 
that is more concerned with singing to God and singing for the people than they are about excited about the chance to get up and sing in front of people. You know what I mean? It's important to be humble about this because this, especially in an evangelistic series, is once again ministry, right? It's ministry. It's not about us. Or, yeah, it's not about us. It's about God and the people around us. There's a lot more aspects that I could bring out about this, but these are the main points that I've seen as I've looked at this, and hopefully maybe you can gain some practical things from it. Um, the most important thing to remember in an evangelistic series is to keep Jesus first and foremost in every word, in every note of every song. When people leave the meeting, do they leave feeling like they love Jesus more, like they've been drawn closer to heaven, or do they leave feeling like they've been entertained? And there's a big difference there. Um, I would hope that they leave loving Jesus more. And um, I believe that that's possible. I've seen it happen time and time again, and lives are changed. I want to share a story with you that's really, actually, is very powerful to me. Um, a, a student that we had in the last AFCO class, his name is BJ. I don't think he would mind me sharing his name. But he lived in Hawaii. And he was a singer for a very popular rock reggae um, music group in Hawaii. Actually, they were so popular and doing so well that they actually had the top-selling CD in the entire state of Hawaii during that time. He had everything that he could want. He had fame, money, girls, anything and everything. He was popular. He was the man, right? He was doing really well in the music business. Well, it just so happened that he had a friend who was a recent um, AFCO graduate had just gone through AFCO. He was a friend of his. And this friend knew that there was an evangelist coming to town. And he really wanted his reggae, rocking out musician friend BJ to come to these meetings, right? So he's calling his friend BJ every day. Man, you got to come to these meetings. You got to come. And BJ was really, really getting irritated with his friend. I'm like, I don't have time for religion. I don't want to go listen to these boring meetings. I, I have more fun things to do. So he said he actually got to the point where he was ignoring the phone calls. You know, he just wouldn't answer. Just leave me alone. But his friend was relentless. He kept calling over and over and over again. Man, please just come for me. Just come once. So finally, he said, all right. Basically, just to shut my friend up, I will come to one night of these meetings. So he comes. He stuck to his word. And he found himself sitting in a pew in this church, feeling very out of place, very uncomfortable, thinking, what am I doing here? And uh, he, he listened to the sermon kind of half-heartedly. You know, he was somewhat interested, but it was just okay. But at the end, he just wanted to leave. He just wanted to get out there. But you know what? It says, he said that toward the end of the night, there was a singing group with that evangelist called the Revelation of Hope Singers. And they got up to sing a song. Now, I don't know if you guys have, have heard them before, but they're good friends of mine, and they are beautiful musicians. They sing from their heart. They sing beautiful music. It's godly. It's, um, it's easy to listen to. And this group got up to sing. And he said as he listened to this song, everything around him just kind of stopped. And he's listening, 
And it was so foreign to what he was used to. You know, he's a reggae singer. He's in this big, wild scene over here, and, and he's hearing this music that's just different, so different than anything he'd ever heard before. And he said it touched his heart so much. He wasn't even a Christian. He didn't, hadn't even made a decision for God, but he said after he listened to that song, he made a decision right then and there. That's what I want to do. He looked around at the people, and he saw that the music they were singing was affecting people in a different way than he'd ever seen before, and he realized it was affecting his own heart. And he said, truly, this is music from heaven. This is different than anything I've ever heard. This is what I want to do. This is the kind of music I want to sing. And you know what? BJ came back night after night to those meetings. And now his heart was softened, and his heart was open. He started listening to the messages, and his life began to change. BJ was baptized, and guess what he's doing now? He's a part of the Revelation of Hope singers. <laughs> he's one of those singers going around full-time doing evangelistic music and seeing other people's lives be changed. To me, that's what evangelistic music is all about. It's not trying to be like the world to win the world. It's trying to show them that we have something even better than what they could ever imagine or experience out there. And so many people say, well, if we have music like that and we have people from the community coming in, they're not going to be interested. They're going to be turned off. No. If you have good quality, beautiful music with a message, they're going to be drawn to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. You know, this is what I long to do every time that I sing. We want people to see Jesus through our evangelistic music. We don't want a cheap imitation of the world's music, but something straight from God. We don't want to entertain, but we want to minister. I know that's my desire. I don't know if that's your desire, but it's definitely mine. Um, this took a little longer. I have about five minutes. But I wanted to take some questions, but I'll have to do that individually one-on-one. -on -one. But I just wanted to show you some things that I have. For those of you who do sing or know singers that have a really hard time finding good soundtracks to sing with um, that you feel are appropriate for church, I have an entire list that I've made up for some of my friends. Um, I've spent many, many years looking and searching for good tracks um, and good music to sing with. So I can, I'd be happy to share this with you or even print off a copy for you if you would like. It's different sources of where I've gotten them from, and even specific titles of some of the tracks that I have. So um, I'm going to close a little bit early, and then you guys can come talk to me personally if you would like about that. So let's close with prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for this wonderful time that we've had and for just showing us, again, the importance of music Lord, we long to be a part of changing people's lives, and we can only do that through your power. And we pray that we would use this special, special tool of music that you've given to us and use it for the right reasons and for the right purpose, and that is to draw others to you. We love you so much, and we pray that you be with us through the rest of this day now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.